and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you had a great holiday. Everyone watching online, we hope you had an incredible holiday season. And we do believe that 2022 is going to be an incredible, incredible year. And uh, I just believe that what the Lord has put in my heart today, if I've ever asked you as your pastor to just like really soak in the word um, and, and to take this to heart, this is one of those messages. I believe that the Lord wants to speak something to us today. I was actually driving down the road um, the other day, Tasha and I, we'd been, you know, it'd been a crazy holiday season and been busy. And, uh, and I was just like, man, I just don't know what to preach. And uh, just like Tasha's like, just, just like, give him what the Lord's been saying in your heart. And uh, I was driving around the road and the Lord just dropped this scripture and this thought into my mind. And so um, I believe I have something directly from the Lord for you. So if you have your Bible in the room or online, turn to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. We're going to go to the Old Testament today and we're going to look there. Um, but I believe the Lord has something very specific that'll challenge you today. What I want to do is we're going to read from verse 9 to about verse 24. We're going to look at that, but I want to start off by reading verse 9 to 12 to you. Then what I want to do is I want to give you some background of what's happening in this story, and then I want to um, give you what I believe is the word. This isn't just a word for this year. Like I said, I have a theme of what we're going to go with, but I believe this is a word that the Lord is saying to us today. I believe he's saying it to us today, and I believe if you'll take this word to heart, it'll, heart, it'll shape 2022 for you. All right, let's dig in. All right, verse nine. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. Now we see there's three kings. And actually when it says the king of Edom, there was actually at this point in time, not even a king of Edom. Um, they used that, but it probably wouldn't have been a like an assistant, a vice principle or something like that. It was not, there was not truly a king. But after a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or the animals with them. What? exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we might inquire of the Lord through him? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha's son is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So what I want you to see here is we have this story unfolding and we um, begin to see really for the first time when he's operating under his own power and authority, um, he's, the, he's the headlining act in essence, is Elisha the prophet. He has just taken over for Elijah the prophet who was taken up into heaven by a chariot of fire. Pretty cool story. I recommend reading it. You can see it in 2 Kings chapter 2. But Elijah it was the prophet. He is now since gone. Elisha has taken his place. There are three kings in this story, and what they're doing is they're coming together um, for one common cause to go against an enemy, the Moabites, who have rebelled against them, and they're going to fight them and take back some things that they feel like are theirs. Now, these kings feel like this is going to be a relatively easy battle as long as they come together, but they run into a big problem. It's a significant problem. They run out of water. And verse 9 tells us that they had marched for seven days. I was thinking about that. I don't know about you, 
but I think if I was to march in the desert for one day with water, that's going to be a challenging task. But these guys are marching in the desert, it says a roundabout way, for seven days, and now they have no water. Did they have no water the entire seven days? I don't know. Did they just lose it on the second day? I don't know. Scripture doesn't explain that, but we do see that they are out of water. And one of the kings, his name is Jehoram, we'll look at him in just a moment, he had a guilty conscience. He was not a godly king, and he was convinced that due, this lack of water was due to their sin, and it was God's judgments against the three kingdoms. One of the other kings, his name is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was like, I don't think that this was judgment. Let's ask God. So right from the beginning, I want you to notice, we have three kings, but there are two that are major, major players in this story, Jehoram and Jehoshaphat. And they have a different approach to this. Um, they both believe that a spiritual element is happening here, but Jehoram believes that God is to be avoided and blamed during times of crisis. Jehoshaphat believes that God is a God that's to be sought during times of crisis. And I wonder today, when you find yourself in crisis, do you blame God or do you seek God? When you find yourself in times of crisis that don't go exactly as you had hoped or planned, do you blame God, do you avoid God, or do you seek God? We see that Jehoram wanted to blame God. It was God's fault that all this was happening. This was judgment. Jehoshaphat said, no, let's seek God, and that's what they did. And we see Elisha come on to the scene. Verse 11 tells us, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the king? Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we can inquire, that we can ask of? And before we go any further, let me also just state in 2022 and beyond, before we do anything, we need to seek the Lord. We need to cry out to God. When a need arises in our family, before we panic, before we blame, before we avoid, we need to seek God. When a need arises in our faith or in our finances or in our health or in our relationships or with a son or a daughter, when a need arises, we need to seek God and get his wisdom. In fact, let me say it this way. If you have a great need in your life today, if you need answers that don't seem to be coming, I challenge you, Seek after God. In fact, I believe if you've been marching around an area in your life, emotionally, financially, relationally, physically, spiritually, if there's a shortage, if there's a lack, if there's a dryness, if there's a loneliness, if there's sickness, you see, sometimes the greatest need, sometimes our greatest hurt, sometimes our greatest pain can be the best thing that ever happened to us if it drives us to dependence upon the Lord. So in 2022, I don't only want to say, let's make seeking the Lord a priority, but on your good days and on your bad days, let's be dependent upon the Lord. On our good days and our bad days, let's be dependent upon the Lord. I love what I, uh, Psalm, the, David said in Psalm 8611, um, Tasha actually makes... Um, she goes to this place called AR Workshop. I'm assuming some of you ladies have been there. If any of you men have been there and made signs, I pray for you. But um, there's this place that Tasha and some of her friends like to go to. It's called AR Workshop, and they make signs. 
actually text her and I said, I want you to make me a sign next time. I can't go and make it because I would feel weird in there, but I think she could make it for me. But Psalm 86, 11 says, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I might live according to your truth. And my motto or my prayer for 2022 is don't give me my way, Lord. Teach me your way. Don't give me my way. Teach me your way. And when life throws you curves, don't get mad at God because it's not going your way. Ask, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Show me your way. So I love that. But I want you to check out what Elisha is happening, what's happening here. Elisha is getting ready to speak to the three kings. I want you to see this. Like I said, I'm just trying to give you some groundwork. And I really do believe that I have something very specific from the Lord I want to speak to you today. But let's listen to what Elisha says to the kings. Elisha says to the king of Israel, and right now he's speaking to Jehoram, all right? What do we have to do with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. The message says it this way. What do you and I have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and mother. Just so you know, the king of Israel that Elisha is addressing here, when it says the king of Israel, he's talking to Jehoram. Israel was divided into two parts right now, the northern tribe and the southern tribe. Jehoram was the king of the northern tribes of Israel. But I want to give you a little, just a little history of who Jehoram is, all right? Jehoram, his parents were Ahab and Jezebel, all right? So they were evil with a capital E. They were the ones who had fought against Elisha's mentor, Elijah, and sent their false prophets against him on Mount Carmel. So that's who we have in this story. So he is not a godly king. In fact, um, Scripture actually tells us Jehoram broke down some of the false gods, but he's still pursuing false gods. He's still an evil God, he, king, he's still an evil guy. And so Jehoram is uh, consulting of Elisha, but Elisha's messing with him and saying, hey, go talk to your parents' prophets. They did such a good job on Mount Carmel. Why don't you see what they have to say? He's kind of taunting him. But these kings, even with some of them being evil and not following the ways of the Lord, all these kings, when they have a need, it causes them to seek after God. And that's how some of us are, right? Right? Some of us, that's how we are. God's nothing but a back thought or a side thought or someone to be avoided or blamed until we have a need. Like we don't really need God until we need God. So let's look back at verse 13. Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do we have to do with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. And Jehoram answers here, no, no. We're not doing that. My parents tried. That didn't work. We have a real need. And it's God's fault that we're here, and he's getting ready to hand us into the hands of the Moabites anyway. Listen how Elisha responds, verse 14. As surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, if I didn't have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't even look at you. I love it. Elisha's like, I don't respect you. I don't like you. We don't see eye to eye. We don't have anything in common. I'm pretty sure you're never going to follow the ways of the Lord, but I like your friend. And because of your friend, I'm going to talk to the Lord on your behalf. And listen to verse 15, all right? Here's where we're going to pick up and really dive into what I feel like the Lord has given us today. Look at verse 15. So bring me a harpist. I'm like, 
Have you ever read stuff in scripture that you're just like, when you first read it, you're like, what in the world? Bring me a harpist. You just taunted this dude. You just went toe to toe with him. You just mocked him, laughed at him. People are now dying in the desert of thirst and you want some mood music. You know, it's like, what in the world are we doing here? And not only do you want some mood music, you want a harpist. Have any of you ever asked, I just want to turn on some harp music? No, it's like, why in the world do we want some harp music right here? It just seems strange. Unless you understand why he's calling for a harpist. Let me explain. You see, most prophets, most God-honoring biblical prophets during this day would travel with a musician. And this musician, what they would do is, I want you to hear me, they would help to facilitate a sensitivity to the presence of the Lord. Meaning, when Elisha wanted to become more sensitive to what God was saying, he asked for a psalmist. He asked for a musician. Can I tell you, there's power in music. All music. There's a reason that people sell out everything for a band. There's power in music, but there's really something powerful in worship. And this isn't even a part of the message, but some of us, we come to church and our mentality is I tolerate worship so I can get to the message to hear what God's maybe saying to me. No, worship is the part you give to him. The most important part of the whole service, honestly, is not what I'm doing. I believe the most important part of the service is worship. Because I think that worship, what it does, worship does not increase the presence of the Lord. I want you to hear me. Worship increases my sensitivity to the presence of the Lord. Worship doesn't change God. Worship doesn't make God say, well, I want to be there. No, God's everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? That's what scripture, he's everywhere. He's here. When you don't feel him, he's there. When you're living in sin, he's there. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So when I worship, it doesn't make God say, well, I guess I have to go there. No, he's everywhere. But what worship does is it creates this sensitivity to me to where I begin to sense and understand, oh, he's in the room. And listen to me, I can be in worship in my office by myself and I can, there can be sensitivity to the presence of the Lord or I can be in this room or I can be in my car or I can be in my house or I can have no music and I can just be worshiping the Lord in the woods and the presence of the Lord can be there. Why? Worship doesn't change God. Worship changes me. And it makes me more sensitive to his presence. And that's why you see Elisha calling for the prophet. He wants to be sensitive to what the Lord is saying. This is a big moment. This is something big that's happening. And God is speaking to him. And Elisha wants to be clear. So let's pick up our story in verse 15. So I asked Pastor Elliot to help me today. So Pastor Elliot, if you want to join me on the stage, I just felt like maybe we could do this a little better if we had a harpist. I asked Elliot if he could play harp. He couldn't. So uh, we're going to have to settle for the keyboard. All right? No. I did not ask for a harp. So when I ask you to play, you play. Don't play until I say play. I know you musicians, you like to just play in the background. They get an instrument in their hand, and it's like they all start strumming or beating on the drums. You can't play until I tell you to play. And Joe, if he plays when I tell him not to, you push mute, all right? So we're going to pick up our story. I want to show you guys something. While the harpist was playing, look at verse 15. The hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. And Elisha said, this is what the Lord says. Let's take the scripture off the screen, Tyler. Let me set this up just a minute. The harpist starts playing, 
and the word of the Lord starts happening. And you know the kings have to be getting excited because there's some, there's some history here. When a prophet starts to speak, there's some history here. They're going to give an answer. And they're probably anxiously awaiting, you know, a word of hope. They're expecting Elisha to say, it's getting ready to rain. That's what they're hoping. You know, when you've come into the presence of the Lord and you feel like the Lord moves in the room, you're thinking, maybe this is the day the Lord's going to touch me. Maybe this is the day he's going to heal my marriage. Maybe this is the day he's going to heal my finances. Maybe this is the day he's going to heal my body. Because when you get in the presence of the Lord, something just happens and you just are aware of what God is and who he is. And so these kings, they're aware that the presence of the Lord is in the room. And I imagine these kings are just waiting for the news where the prophet's going to look at them and say, hey, it's getting ready to rain. So I want, you to, I want to kind of lay this out for you. Remember, Elisha is called for a harpist. Let me show you what it might have looked like that day. Let's say I just come in this room today and say in a hushed and reverent tone, hey, God's not done with you. God's not forsaken you. God's not forgot you. That's pretty cool. But let's do it with a little bit of music. Let's play a little bit. Let's, let's talk a little bit with music playing in the background. God's not finished with you yet. He's not forgotten you. He knows right where you are. He knows your need. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. He knows the valley you've been in. He knows where there's lack. He knows the depression you've been facing. He knows the pain. He knows the, he knows the struggle. He's not forgotten you. He knows your name. You stop playing. Sounds a little different with music in the background, right? There's just something about music that just, just kind of just makes you want to say and listen even more. So I want, let's try it with the scripture. I want to read it first of all without music, and then we're going to have a little bit of music in the background. But Isaiah 41, 9 and 10 says this, I've called you from the ends of the earth, and I said that you must serve me alone, for I have chosen you, and I will not throw you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Now let's try it with some music. It sounds just a little bit different when we play some music. Let's play. I brought you from the ends of the earth. And I called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Even better, Elliot, keep playing. So Elisha, the harpist is playing. He starts prophesying. He says, bring me a harpist, verse 15. And while the harpist was playing, you have to see this. I want you to picture this story unfolding. There's these kings, there's this music, and there's this, they're in this desert. It's dry. All this is happening. Elisha's like, bring me the prophet. The prophet starts praying. The, the, the presence, the, the harpist starts playing. The prophet is praying. All this stuff. The harpist is playing. The hand of the Lord comes upon Elisha. And this is what he says. I want you, can you just imagine right there? The kings are like, all right, what's he getting ready to say? It's getting ready to rain. There's this excitement in the room. There's this excitement. And then listen to what he says. Make this valley full of ditches. What? What? Make this valley full of ditches? 
world, why have you stopped playing? Why do we, why are you saying make this valley full of ditches? Now, this, if I am in this desert and I've been marching for seven days without water, the last thing I want to do is dig a ditch. If I've been through the valley and through pain and through struggle, the last thing in the world that I want to do is dig a ditch. I'm dehydrated. I'm, I'm at the point of death. I, I'm assuming the kings, they wanted God to give them a shortcut, an easy answer, just as all of us want God to do. Hey, you need some rain? Here's some rain. But that's not how God did it, and that's not how God does it. I want all of us to catch me today. I want you to hear this. If the main thing that you're seeking from God is a magic trick, if the main thing you're looking from for God is a shortcut or an easy answer, I want you to hear me. You're missing it because God isn't into magic tricks. Faith isn't a lottery ticket. Faith is a work order, meaning you have to put some skin in the game if you want God to move on your behalf. And here's what I believe that God is telling us at Destiny Church in 2022. You ready for it? You want some rain? You need a miracle? You need God to show up in your life? Dig a ditch. I don't like that. You want God to bless your life financially? Dig a ditch. Put God first. Be generous. Tithe. I need God to bless my finances, but I'm not given. He can't. It's scriptural. Well, I'm just, I just give when I feel. No, that's not how the Bible says. You want God to bless you financially, dig a ditch. Tithe. Give 10%. Be generous. You want God to bless your marriage? Dig a ditch. Now, let me be clear. Not to put your spouse in. Just be clear. But you want God to bless your marriage? Listen to me. Put your spouse's needs above your needs. Hello. Think of somebody else. You want God to bless you spiritually? Listen to me. Dig a ditch. Don't just go to church when it's convenient. Don't just go to church when you feel like it or when you have a need, but get in the word every day. Get into prayer, worship, serve, obey. Dig a ditch. You want God to move in your life, you need to dig a ditch. Verse 16, I want to look at it. The prophet said, make this valley. And the Lord really kind of started speaking to my heart about this. Make this valley. Everybody say where it's a valley. It's a low place, right? Some of you have been in a low place. And here's what I feel like the Lord's saying to us today. Make this place of lack. Make this place of loneliness, this place of pain, this place of isolation. Make this place where it seems to, where you seem to have been stuck in a never-ending cycle of pain and defeat. Make this place, listen to me, that's going to lead to your death if God doesn't intervene. Make that valley. Make that place where you hurt. Make that place where you're lonely. Make that place where your greatest need is. Make that place full of ditches. And I want you to notice verse 17. It's a real key to this story. It says you, will never, you won't see wind or rain, but this valley will flow with water. 
I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. We're going to get there in just a minute, but let me just tell you, if they hadn't dug ditches, they never would have got a miracle. You see, sometimes we're looking forward to rain, and it rained somewhere in the mountains. But the valley didn't get rain, but the water came from the mountains. Sometimes you've got to dig a ditch to get a miracle. Sometimes you need rain, and God wants you to put some skin in the game. All right? Now, I want you to notice, God promised to send water to the valley, and God has promised every single one of us that he will meet our needs. But notice, they had to dig ditches in preparation. They had to dig ditches before the water came. And that's what I think God is saying to some of us today. You need rain? You need a miracle? You need God to do something in your life? Grab a shovel. Put on some sunscreen and get to work. Because see, we want it to be easy. Sometimes God's saying, dig a ditch. You need a miracle in your life? Dig a ditch. You see, we just want to, we just think that it should always be easy and it should always be pleasant, but sometimes God is saying for the miracle to happen in your life, in your son, in your daughter, in your marriage, in your health, in your finances, dig a ditch. And I want you to notice God didn't just say dig one ditch. He said make this valley full of ditches. Some of you need to get to work. Some of you need to start digging some ditches. Some of you have been standing around begging and asking the Lord to do something in your life for a long time. And the Lord's saying, put a shovel in your hand and get to work. And I promise you, when you start working, I'll make it rain. That's what I believe he's saying. Can you imagine now? I want you to imagine this story with me. So the kings have been with the prophet and the prophet gives them their response the word from the Lord, the kings aren't liking it. Now the kings have to go back to the men. I think sometimes we forget those elements of the story. Can you imagine now being the men? You know, have you ever been like waiting for somebody to come back with the good news, like an answer to you? And so you're like anxiously waiting for the phone call. You know, you're like, hello, you know, can I come over to your house? Yes, you can come. My mom said, you, you know, I mean, whatever it might be. You're like anxiously awaiting. Well, these men are anxiously awaiting the news from the Lord. And so the kings come back. Can you imagine? And the, the men are like, hey, what'd they say? And all three kings are carrying shovels. Well, I've got some good news. I've got some bad news. Okay, what's the good news? Well, the good news is God said, we're getting ready to get a lot of water. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get a glass of water. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is you have to dig ditches. You have to dig. Can you imagine? There's no clouds in the sky. I want you to hear me. I'm getting ready to, getting ready to drive this home. There's no clouds in the sky. They've already been marching for seven days. And now God wants them to dig ditches in the desert that's killing them. Listen to me, for some rain that might not even come. That's the nature of faith. That's faith. Dig ditches, even though it might not rain. 
That's faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to pray. We're going to seek God. And you can throw us in that fire. But we're going to trust in the Lord. And even if he doesn't show up, he's still God. That's faith. What am I saying that I believe the Lord is asking us to do in 2022? Have faith. Dig some ditches. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when there's no clouds in the sky. What am I saying to you today? Dig ditches even when you can't see rain. I've learned over the years. I want, I'm, please hear me. I've learned over the years, if I don't move, God doesn't move. Pastor Chad, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You're telling me that God's limited by me? Nope. God is not limited by you. God can do things in spite of me or because of me or without me. God doesn't need me. God's not limited by me. God can do anything he wants to do. But what I am saying is I believe I have a part to play in the miracle. If you just look at Scripture, Scripture is full of stories. Scripture is full of examples of people that God told them to dig a ditch, and they dug a ditch. Let me give you just one example. There's a story about a guy in the Bible who had a withered hand. Now, if you have a withered hand, the last thing you want to do is try to extend that withered hand. The last thing you want to do is show the thing that has made you disabled, right? You want to hide it. So God comes to the man with the withered hand, and he says, stretch out your hand. Listen to me, it's hard to stretch out something that won't stretch out. Are you guys getting this? Are you tracking with me? Is the weather just making us all sleepy? It's hard. But the Jesus comes to this man, he says, stretch out your hand. What did the man do? He stretched out his hand. He dug a ditch. What happened? He was healed. That's faith. Dig a ditch. Stretch out your hand. Listen to me. God can make it, any God who can make it rain or provide water, however he did in this story, can also make ditches appear without the help of man. God didn't need these men to dig ditches. Wouldn't that have even been an even cooler story? It's like, hey, what are we going to do? How are we going to get water? Well, it's not going to rain, but you're going to miraculously see holes put in the ground, and it's going to be full of water. Wouldn't that be cool? But that's not how the story goes. God wants you to put some skin in the game so that you can be a part of your own miracle. It wasn't that God needed these men to dig. He's not a cruel God. It was that God wanted these men to exercise their faith. And I want you to hear me today. God is not a cruel God. God does not like you struggling in your health. God does not like you struggling in your finances. God does not like seeing a prodigal son or daughter running from God. God wants to see you exercise your faith so you can know that God did it. God is not some magic genie in a bottle that gives us whatever we want. God is a God who's moved by faith. And we need to be men and women of faith. Listen, let me say it this way. Digging ditches, physical, with a shovel, or spiritual with extend your hand, is something we can do. You can do it. And God is not asking us to do something that we can't do. God is only asking us to do what we can do so that he can do what only he can do. Let me say it again. God is not asking you to do something you cannot do. God is simply asking you to do only what you can do so that he can do what only he can do. Does that make any sense? Charles Spurgeon said it this way. Listen to what he said. If we expect to obtain the Holy Spirit's blessing, 
we must prepare for his reception. I mean, let me just begin to wrap up today. If you're in a valley and you need God to send some rain, don't expect it to rain until you start digging ditches. And that's my challenge to us today as we kick off 2022. Where do you need a miracle in your life? Elliot, go ahead and start playing. Where do you need a miracle in your life? Your marriage? Where do you need a miracle? Your health? Where do you need it to rain? Your finances? Do you have a son or a daughter that's been running from God? Where do you need it to rain? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Are you, are you depressed? Are you sick in your body? Do you need a new job? Do you need an answer at your job? Do you, need a, do you need God to show up in a relationship? Where do you need it to rain? Where do you need it to rain? Dig a ditch. Where do you need God to show up? Dig a ditch. Prepare for the miracle even when you see no sign of a miracle. Prepare. Are you guys okay if I share something with you? I feel like the Lord's been whispering in my heart these last few days. Can I share something with you? One of the things I want us to be in 2022 and beyond, and I've tried to be this at Destiny Church, but one of the things I want us to be more of is I want us to be more prophetic. Meaning when we hear the Lord whispering, I want us to portray those, I want us to give across those whispers. Here's what I feel like the Lord has started whispering to my heart and my soul this week. Rain is going to fall in 2022. It's going to happen. But let me explain though. Some of you are like, well, yeah, it rains every year. No, I'm not talking about physical rain. I'm talking about the rain of his presence. I'm talking about signs. I'm talking about wonders. I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about, there's this word that the Lord's been putting in my heart over and over and over again. It's this word, kingdom manifestations. It's a phrase. I believe we're going to see things on earth as it is in heaven. I believe in 2022, it's going to rain. I believe you're going to, things you've been praying about for years, or you've been like, Lord, we need rain. This year, I think what's going to happen. Was that a raindrop? Huh. skin in the game it's going to rain and I think some of us have been standing around just hoping for a miracle and we've not been putting any skin in the game I think some of us we're going to write our first tithe check Lord I don't understand but I'm going to do it and you're going to get a phone call and you're going to get a raise is God some genie in a bottle that's going to make all this magic stuff happen? No. I think what God is saying is you put skin in the game, I'm going to show up. You dig ditches, I'm going to show up. It's going to rain this year in 2022. So here's what I say to you. If I need it to rain, I'm going to start digging some ditches. So let me close with this. Verse 16 through 19, he tells him dig. He says dig. Verse 17 says, but hey, it's not going to rain but this water is going to flow in the valley. But listen, listen to what he says here. It's not only going to give you water, it's going to give all your animals water. And not only, listen, but listen, here's the key. And not only will your ditches be full of water, but you're going to defeat your enemy, which if we go back to the story is why they went out in the first place. Right? 
they went out to defeat an enemy. They didn't go out needing water. What am I saying? First of all, you have to dig. And when you dig, God's not only going to answer your immediate problem, he's going to supply all your needs. Let me give you another prophetic word that really ties into what I believe the Lord's going to say. And it's going to rain. And I believe it's going to happen quickly. Verse 20 says this, the next morning. I believe this is a prophetic verse for us at Destiny Church this year. I believe we've been marching around some dry deserts for long enough. I I believe that many of us have stood before some doors that seemingly will not open up. I believe the Lord's saying this year he's going to open the doors. This year he's going to make it rain. This year he's going to cause a flood. This year he's going to do a miracle. I believe that's what he's saying. The next morning, about that time, offer offering sacrifice. Listen, there it was. Water flowing from the direction of Edom. And the land was filled with water. I want you to hear me. Here's the key to this whole thing. The water was only available because they were obedient to dig ditches. Water was only available because they were obedient to dig ditches. The kings came to Elisha asking for water. Elisha said, not only is God going to give you water, he's going to require you to depend on him and he's going to give you victory in the first place. And that's what I believe God is saying to us today. If you dig ditches, not only is it going to rain, he's going to supply all your needs. So as the whole worship team comes back up, I don't know what you need. I don't know what ditch God is asking you to dig. Let's make this personal. Some of you are tired and thirsty. Some of you are weary and heavy burdened. Listen to me. It's hard digging ditches when you're tired and thirsty. It's hard digging ditches when you're wore out. It's hard digging ditches when you haven't seen God move in a long time. It's hard digging ditches when you have no money. It's hard digging ditches when the sink is full of dishes and the TV is blaring in the other room and the kids are screaming your name at the top of their lungs. It's hard digging ditches when you and your spouse are at odds. It's hard digging ditches when you're the only kid in your school who seems to be following after Jesus. It's hard digging ditches when you seem like there's no way out. It's hard digging ditches when the doctor says there is no heart, there is no hope. It's hard digging ditches. But I encourage you, dig a ditch. And here's what I promise you. If you dig a ditch in preparation for rain, it will rain. We getting this today? You see, I would hate to miss out on what God had for me because I was too lazy, too tired, too busy, too doubtful, or too disobedient to dig a ditch when he told me to dig a ditch. Let me say it again. I would hate to miss out on rain because I was too lazy, too busy, too doubtful, or too disobedient to dig a ditch where God told me to dig a ditch. Make this valley full of ditches.
close with this thought. God isn't looking for people who will clap when the rain comes. God's looking for people who will dig ditches before we even see the first sign of rain. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.